Hello and welcome to the One Wrestling Podcast, your one-stop shop for discussions and reviews about the vast world of professional wrestling. Each week we pick some topics or shows to discuss from whatever promotion we feel like discussing that week. Mostly pro, but we talk about a little bit about everything. I'm your host TJ, aka Aspier, and with me is my co-host Caitlin. Hey everybody. Uh, this week is a bonus episode. Uh, we decided to take the week off for the holidays. We're recording this the day before Christmas Eve, but we'll be releasing it, releasing it uh, the following week. So I hope everyone enjoyed the holiday as well as they could, mm-hmm. whether you have to spend time with your family or not. And I hope you all enjoy your New Year's festivities. Whatever uh, that may be this yeah. year, which might be a little different. It's definitely different for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back in the new year, but we wanted to give you all a little bit of something to hold you over. So in this episode, we'll be giving out the One Wrestling Podcast Year End Awards. Uh, Caitlin and I will go through each category, give our picks, and we'll both give our... It's a little bit of both best and worst of categories. Uh, mostly positive because we want to try and praise what has been good in this kind of <laughs> shitty year this year. and But we are also kind of want to bury some shit, too. So uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the episode. Oh, God. Uh, we're going to start off with the Rookie of the Year. Bit of a loose category. Doesn't really have to be strictly someone who debuted this year. Just who do you think is the newcomer who performed the best this year? Um, I'll let you... I'll start with my first... Uh, we'll go from uh, bottom to top. Bottom to top, okay. So, my number three pick is Hideki Okatani. This de- dude debuted in the No People era, but has shown an incredible amount of growth in just that time. In my opinion, like, like in my mind, he surpa- surpassed his uh, fellow mm-hmm. rookie, Keio Nakamura. He's just been come so much better in the ring since his debut, even though it's been a short time. But <laughs> he's just gotten more of a sustained push than Keigo, thanks to being part of Junretsu. And I'm very excited for his year in 2021. Uh, who's your number three pick? Um, my number three pick was uh, Hokuto Omori. I'm surprised you didn't assume that that was going to be uh, one of my picks. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, it was actually kind of hard because I was kind of between him or Dan, even though I could honestly probably put any of the All Japan rookies. But um, I think Hokuto definitely has found more of a footing with um, working with uh, Fuck. And Fonz. <laughs> and Fonz, yes, yeah, sorry. Just getting off work, so that's on my brain. But, um... Yeah, I think he has I think he has a pretty high ceiling, so we'll see where we go. Um and I hope he has a great twenty twenty one also. Uh my number two pick is Tatsuya Hanami. He's just one of my uh, favorite young guys going in wrestling right now. I didn't watch as much AEW as I would have liked, but he appears so often in other promotions. It's hard to miss him. Anytime I see him on a card I'm watching, I make sure not to skip his matches and uh he had a hell he had a tag title reign this year, so Obviously, the TOW see something in him and seem to be pushing him. So I'm very excited for his year, and I've just enjoyed him throughout the year. Uh, what's your number two? I actually went with um, Okatani for two for me. Um, I mean, he's just been great. Like you said, like I think when he first came around, we had kind of preferred Kago, but then he started working more with Junretsu and getting more time, and he's honestly just really, really great in the ring, and I always enjoy watching him. And 
again, I think he's going to have a huge 2021. I mean, of course, he's still young, so he may not get, like, that much, but you never know. I assume he might be in, like, King of DT or, like, DO I or something next that, year. Maybe, maybe not be, DO, but I could yeah. definitely see him in King of DT next year. But I think really the reason we preferred Kago at first, well, one, he was, Kago was there first. Yeah, then. But plus. also, Okatani's gear is shit. It's still not yeah, any oh better, God, but I'm used to I'm it so now. <laughs> That's all I would ever talk about. <laughs> but, uh... There's, well, yeah, one thing, just improves the gear, please. Yeah, that's really <laughs> the thing. Uh, but uh, my number one pick, SB Kento from Dragon Gate. Uh, I feel like this one's pretty self-explanatory if you've been watching Dragon Gate. I don't think there's been a rookie in recent memory who's been pushed as strongly out of the gate as SBK has been this year. Only person I can really think of other than him is Utami when she first entered stardom. But even SBK has gotten more of a push than her, I think, because he's tapping out every legend in the company, it feels like. Mm. Like, we didn't even mention it in the last week's episode, the, the, the dude fucking won that disbands match by tapping out basically the entire team single-handedly the only pinfall yeah the only pinfall yeah. he didn't get was S- or hip-hop kikoda getting um another young guy another pin in uh, yoshino so yeah sb kento uh, obvious pick here for me and uh very strong feature for this guy for sure especially 2021 very strong pick for me too because he was my number one also um you pretty much said it all like the kid is already being pushed super fucking strong um, I really, you don't see many rookie pushes quite this big, like, ever anymore. Besides, like you said, Utami, but I, I think SB's is actually a little bit harder than hers. But, um, yeah, this kid's going to have a tremendous 2021. I honestly can't wait to see what happens with him in Dragon Gate. Yeah, and uh, honorable mentions for me, uh, Hayato Tamura from Just Tap Out. The dude's a fucking 0-1 champ right now, so that's yeah. clear. He's... A big deal. Um, other, other honorable mentions. Now that I mentioned him, uh, Hip Hop Kikita, like yeah, that dude's another. I was gonna ki- say, yeah, definitely, definitely honorable mention. He's another guy who just debuted in the No People era of wrestling and already tapping out far beating Yoshino. So that's a big deal. Just like SP Kento, and then uh, also just all the old Japan rookies. Yeah, they've all been great. Yeah, Hokuto Mori. Sure, he talked about him enough. I honestly, I'd put him on like the the third of the three right now, at least. I can get it. Just because he hasn't really done it much yet, but his his character work's, like, better <laughs> than, all, like, both I, of theirs. So. I think that's why, because his character work is a lot more solid than, say, like, Dan's. But then I'm like, Dan, honestly, is probably the overall better wrestler. Probably, and probably the best harder, one. Yeah. And, yeah, he'll probably end up being pushed harder. But there's just not a whole lot of character there for me. But that's okay, because, I mean, he's still great, too, so. Yeah, it's like, if I had to rank him this year, at least, it would be tomorrow number one, Atsuki, mm. number two, and then Hokuto, number three. Oh, fuck yeah, Atsuki fucking rolls. But Tamura has a higher ceiling for me right now, at least, because yeah. he's obviously going to be a heavyweight. Hokuto probably will be a heavyweight, too. just needs to bulk up a little bit more. But they definitely have things in mind for him, I think. So depending on how their future <laughs> goes, I think they got a good crop of the rookies up in All Japan. But uh, next category is going to be uh, moment of the year. And pretty much just which moments of the year are going to stick with us come, going into 2021. Uh, start from the bottom oh, here. Okay. My number three pick is the ending to Takashita and Yoshiko, Yoshihiko from the, uh, not Ultimate Party, uh, <laughs> Peter Pan Night One. Just this entire match was just great because of how low budget horror movie it looked. But then the ending with Yoshihiko getting fucking blown up by Takashita, only for when you see like Takashita and Ino walking to the sunset with the credits rolling like survivors of some, some slasher film, only to see Yoshihiko's uh, eyes flare up. And it was just great stuff. I love that. Uh, what's your number three? I put Naito winning the double championship when no one ever thought that it was going to fucking happen. <laughs> um, this was, like, the one time we actually, like, actively avoided social media because we went to bed because it was just too much. 
But um, this was just such a good moment after watching uh, Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan for so many years and Naito never getting his shit. So I don't know. It was just a, it was a really good moment that really stuck out to me. Yeah, like I'd probably put that in an honorable mention. I, I didn't that. put it on there just because one, the room not I won't say it ruined the moment, but Kento well, laying Kento laying him out kind of fucked that's him up. Why I was like, I don't give a shit. And just the Whatever. fact that his title reign got fucking blown up because of COVID and just the evil push. I'm not even going towards that. I don't care. But definitely a great moment. Anyway, I still think they should have strapped him up the first shot they got him or first Okada match, but we'll see. Cool. I think I definitely think you. I'm. I don't know. We'll talk about it. But uh, my number two pick is Fujita and Go just staring at each other for half an hour. <laughs> like, we reviewed this match on the pod. Just I thought it was fucking great. But what makes it is the two of them literally just staring at each other for a half an hour, <laughs> occasionally moving around the ring. It was probably, like, the most talked about matches of this year because of it. So it was pretty easy to put on my list. But, yeah, I just definitely going to remember this match. You know, as you bring it up, yeah, that's probably my number two, too. <laughs> It was just such a crazy thing to watch because it's like that was another one we didn't know what was really going to happen. And it was just literally two men just fucking staring at each other. And it was fucking amazing. <laughs> the rest of the match itself was obviously pretty enjoyable. So, um, yeah, that's honestly something that will stick out to me like through the rest of my time. However long I keep watching wrestling, I don't fucking know. But that's that was a pretty damn good moment. In my number one is Despy ripping off his own mask in his match with Hiromu at the Best Super Junior Finals. And uh, this kind of made the match for me. Despy just dominating Hiromu the entire match. Just about Hiromu going fucking crazy and ripping out his mask. Then Despy just looked at Hiromu like, all right, fucker, that's what you want. So, and then tore his own mask and then they started killing Hiromu more. And yeah, that that's definitely something that's going to... I mentioned it last pod. It's definitely one of the moments that I'm going to remember from just Hiromu's career. Oh, yeah. I'd, honestly, <laughs> I agree with this one, too. Um, I just, it's not something I expected either, because it's just like, oh yeah, it's the fucking junior finals, I don't really think anyone expected, uh, Despy to just say fuck it and unmask his half-ripped mask, but it is what it is, and I think it just solidified it as being a very, very good moment for wrestling this year. And I also want to do an honorable mention for uh, Kai turning heel in the Dragon Gate, uh, six-way cage match at uh, Dangerous Gate, I just... That popped me so big, like it was, and he's been fucking phenomenal as a heel since then. But that was definitely like a big moment for him. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it too, I also want to add in uh, Kagetsu's retirement show. Yes, that's spe- a good one. Uh, specifically, the match which he had with um, uh, what am I blanking Mako? <laughs> like that was fucking great, just great moment. I was, I'm happy that show was able to happen before COVID went full lockdown and all that in Japan. Definitely a great moment for her. Uh, next category will be disappointment of the year. What happened in wrestling this year that was the most disappointing? A match, a moment, individual, what have you. Uh, my number three pick, New Japan's year as a whole. Like, I couldn't call New Japan one of the worst promotions this year because I can't say I wasn't pl- – uh, like, it had plenty of moments I enjoyed. Like, I was talking about Hiromu, like Hiromu's year, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I can't say it wasn't terrible, but it was definitely plenty disappointing. Like I said, it had good moments like Hiromu's year and the whole – the tag titles finally got booked like they mattered. For better or worse, LIJ was one of the primary focuses of the year. So as an LIJ fan, I like that. Uh, but uh, and since the comeback, you've had plenty of guys like Yoshiashi stepping up and had, just having great years. But there's plenty of bad stuff. I enjoyed the Naito Evil matches more than most, it seemed. But them cutting off Naito's reign off early was again very was weird. very frustrating. 
even if I get why they did it, because they wanted to have a, another big moment in, like, Jingo or whatever. But Okada has been dog shit since the return. The double gold dash, too, is fucking stupid. The U.S. title uh, title is a mess, but it's the U.S. title, so I can't really be mad about it. Like, that shit hasn't mattered since Juice lost it to Cody, so it is what it is. I can't be too mad about it, but most importantly was their response to the multiple roster members being accused of shit during speaking out. And, I well, I can't really say they had a response to it because they literally didn't respond to it at all. They just ignored it. And now they're giving one of them a huge push, and he's probably going to win the title next year. So, yeah, their reaction to speaking out is just fucking bullshit. And, yeah, overall, uh, disappointing year for New Japan. What's your number three, or do you want to say anything about this? I'll talk about that portion later. Um, you brought up the one of the, uh, one of my choices for uh, disappointment, so I'll get to that part later. <laughs> um, damn, why are you so serious? And then my fucking three was me being disappointed that Nakajima didn't fucking win the freaking heavyweight title. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. I was sitting here. I was like, what the hell actually disappointed me the most? I was like, this is at least. My list is pretty much the only things I can really think of. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm a downer, so I guess they're really bad. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Well, I'll get down anyway. But uh, this was more just like, I guess, like in wrestling-wise, that just made me a little sad. Because I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. he's going to win. He's going to win. And it didn't happen. And I was just kind of like. Pfft. So Nakajima was your number three? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, obviously, he's had a great year. It's just, it sucks because it, he had such a great year, and then it's like, oh, he's going to lose. Oh, now he's just teaming with other Congo members. Oh. So now he's kind of floating. I mean, it's still early, but I'm like, I'm a little concerned how this is going to go, but we'll see. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Nakajima's loss is like one of the more disappointing things this year overall. Especially just like for results anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, result, yeah. Like, um... It's just... We'll, we'll get to it when I talk about feuds and stuff, but I definitely get where you're coming from. Uh, my number two is Wrestle 1 closing down, because of course it is. Uh, another personal choice here for me, or, well, my number one's a personal choice, but a personal choice here for me for number two. I'm sure the majority of the people don't give a shit and probably think it was about time that Wrestle 1 shut down, but I dedicated a large portion of my time to the promotion and the latter parts of its existence, being the guy who used to translate Wrestle 1 promos and such. And the follow-up for most of these guys has been awful since the closure. Koji Doi and Enfons are doing fuck all in all Japan. Daikinaba is just now getting booked in Noah more frequently, but he's a fall guy, so I can't really get excited about that. Yoshioka is part of this mess that is the junior division in Noah, but he's been fine. And uh, Gleet is barely a promotion yet. Hopefully they'll start doing more in the new year, so there's, there's a little bit of shining hope there. But uh, And the rest of all the wrestling guys are just in Star outside of a few outliers. Like if Mudo wins GHC title next year, he will have had the most successful run since the death of Russell One by a mile, so uh, not a great follow-up for Russell One, unfortunately. Well, uh, what's your number two? Well, number two is Okada. Oh, we'll talk about him <laughs> later. I'm sure. more. I was gonna say pro- more than likely you probably will, but we'll see. I mean that plays into my number three with New Japan's year because yeah, like yeah, exactly. He was a big portion of why New Japan kind of sucked this year. And that's pretty much what I was gonna go into. I'm just like. <sighs> I think he's kind of, like, warmed up, at least, like, these last, I don't want to say last few months, at least, like, the last few things I've seen. He still hasn't been great, but the thing is, now he's really just been doing, like, fucking tags and shit, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, but when they first came back with, like, the New Japan Cup and shit, oh, my God, 
I was just like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just, it was almost like a shell of a man that I'd seen before. But obviously, like, his match with Hiromu in the New Japan Cup was pretty good. But I think Hiromu kind of carried him there. But he kind of tried more there. But, yeah, everything else later on was just, it was just not that great. Just a really, really disappointing year for Okada. Is it still, like, are we still pretending that he was booked to act like he didn't care? <laughs> oh, you could tell he didn't care because he's actually trying now that he, like, whether we care about it or not, he he's invested in this Osprey bullshit. So, Which sucks. So you can tell, like, he's actually motivated to try now, especially now that it's getting into Wrestle Kingdom season. <laughs> so he seems to be trying now again, but, yeah, he didn't seem like one of the guys who actually looked better after the comeback, yeah. more fresh, like, he wasn't like Suzuki out here going crazy and Yoshiashi and all that shit. Uh, but to bring it down again, uh, my number one disappointment is uh, Hanukkah's passing and more specifically the response to it. Like, we did a whole episode on it. Hana's death is probably like what affected me the most this year as a wrestling fan. Uh, she was one of my favorite wrestlers, period. And the way she passed was absolutely tragic and it didn't need to happen the way it did. I suppose she has more stuff from about how toxic, toxic of an environment Terrace House was came out. But uh, really the disappointment here, like I said, is about the response to everything. Yeah, everyone was saying nice things about her at first. But when, like, within days, people were starting to use her death to defend themselves. Still do. Being called out on shit. Especially wrestlers accusing, being accused during the speaking out because this happened around the same time. And it's never really stopped. It continues to be brought up and it just rubs salt in the wound of Hana fans. Like I said it before on Twitter, but I don't think a lot of fans will get to properly grieve her because of shit like this. And... Uh, Terrace House's response is absolutely bullshit, which would, like, literally all they did was take that episode, that series off, or, like, that season of Terrace House off Netflix, cancel it, and just ignored it now, and I'm sure they'll be back eventually. Oh, yeah, they're gonna be back. More than likely. But, uh, like, they would just prefer nothing happened, and they're pretending like nothing happened, really. And Bushiroad has done dag shit for Kyoko to get justice as well. Like, at least one of her uh, harassers are getting charges brought against them but it won't it's be still not enough and it won't surprise you if they don't get yeah in jail or anything Pretty i mean much. so it's what it is <laughs> um what's your number one most disappointing actually that'll probably yeah i would probably put that one as number one but what i wrote down was the lack of punishment from the speaking out movement which i should just say the lack of any kind of acknowledgement from the speaking out movement i'm looking at you directly new japan and some other ones. I'll say WWE, yeah, I was to say, especially WWE. <laughs> Don't give me started. AEW as well. Pretty much almost any promotion that's widely known. Um, where do I start without getting super angry? <laughs> Osprey getting a huge push after I know many, 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 many people have written emails. You know, have obviously said a bunch of shit, tag whoever they could and shit online. It's just, it's so frustrating. Um, I can't even name all the NXT UK guys. Well, I just want to say, step in here. And you know, the funny thing about New Japan is like, they're basically pretending that nothing happened. Pretty much. But remember when all this happened, uh, they were doing like, uh, some shit on Twitter. They had a Q&A with Zach. With Zach. And like, and far, they like, took it all. Yeah, it's like Zach, as far as we know, didn't do anything. But obviously people wanted to hear from him because he was from that scene. And, and he was friends. Friends with a lot of the guys. Yeah. So the people wanted to know what he said. So obviously they, New Japan thought it was a smart idea to do a Q&A with him in the middle of all this. Then and, they started getting yeah, like questions. Yeah, as soon as with, people started asking him, yeah. him shit about that, they took it down immediately. Though They kept the, new, the Japanese version up because 
They don't know. They're yeah. not going to ask about but, it. But yeah, I just thought that was funny that New Japan thought that was a good idea. And if you don't think they knew about what was going on, they, knew. they obviously they knew. Know. And it's just like, I don't... Uh, it's it's hard. It's really, it's hard. Like, the whole thing was hard to sit through, and then seeing people still stick up for a lot of these assholes is just like, fucking why, dude? Like, <laughs> uh, a bunch of them still in AEW, tons of them still in WWE, so I don't have to touch that, because we all pretty much know who all of them are. So, yeah, it's all companies, like, can you at least try or something? But yeah, let's get into that's something. Le- that's probably the least sad. Yeah, I'll say we'll try. We're done now. We'll, we'll keep. <laughs> we'll try and be a little more positive. Now. <laughs> Which starting with some more positivity, get some wrestle joy up in this. Oh shut the uh, hell up! <laughs> anyway, um, next category will be best feud. Uh, what was the best? Prim- what was the best feud of the year? Pretty much, I put the wrong cat description here but pretty much yeah it's like what's your best feud they're like wait what um let's start start from the bottom again uh my number three pick all out versus jinratsu but specifically konosuke takashida versus junakiyama uh this is a dt feud i think even non-dt fans could appreciate it's more traditional style feud basically once takashida finished off yoshiko and all out tradition or transitioned right into this feud with akiyama's new unit jinratsu uh several fantastic multi-man matches which culminated in a great ta- a great match between Akiyama and Takashita at Ultimate Party. And now they face off again this weekend in the Dio Grand Prix Finals with likely another great match. And uh, Takashita likely getting his win back. But yeah, my third paper for you this year. What's your number three? Oh God, this was one I struggled <laughs> I struggled with except for number one. Number one was easy. Um, I had just kind of thrown like Hiromu and Dragon Lee. <laughs> but I don't even know if you can call that a feud. If I was gonna pick a Hiromu feud, which I've said, I would have said, said SB. I. That's another one. So there you go. Just because they they actually had like multiple matches this year. I don't care. And just, like I said, I didn't know what to fucking pick. I don't it, fucking know. I mean, Dragon Lee Hiromu is like a feud that's going on around for like years now. So it's like amazing. Anyway, like they're definitely like one of like the most uh, storied feuds I think in wrestling these days. Um, my number two pick, All Out versus Yoshihiko, just. Fun as hell feud, a great series of matches between each member of All Out and a fucking doll. All topped off with just a hilarious match between Takashita and Yoshihiko, which I mentioned earlier in my moment of the year. Uh, definitely a feud that only DT fans will probably appreciate, but I absolutely love this as a DT fan. It's part of why DT had such a strong you No know, People era as this feud and just their TV in general. Well, what's your number two pick? Well, it's Haromu and fucking Despi if you have to fucking know. There we go. I thought they had a great feud this year. I probably would have been an honorable mention, but I didn't really put any honorable mental mentions for... I didn't know for... who was feuding, I didn't care. <laughs> it's a series of matches, all that kind of bullshit, but they definitely had a great year this year, because, like, Despi basically beat Hiromu all year long until finally um, Hiromu beat Despi in this fucking awesome match in Budokan. So definitely a great way to top off a feud, that's for sure. And I think uh, feud we're both going <laughs> to pick for number one, uh, yes. Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Go Shizaki. <laughs> um, pretty easy one here. I think it was the best built main title feud in just about any company this year i went into the new years as or they went into the new year as one of the best tag teams of 2019 go wins the main belt pretty early in the year but then they pretty much immediately dropped the tag titles then they lost the tag league uh not long after that nakajima turns on him joins congo wins the n1 gets the and then we get to yokama budokan main event for the ghc title which was an incredible match one of the best matches of this year uh the only fault i have with this feud is that go won already 
Uh, Go should have won the feud long-term for sure, but they kind of went to it way too quickly. If Go was going to just retain, I would have had Nakajima win, and then you extend the feud until 2021, but oh well. Makes sense that we know, now that we know they're running Budokan early next year, but for what we got, I definitely think it was one of the best feuds this year. Yeah, that's what I put too. Um, I do think this was easily like the best feud of the year. I mean, I was pretty much invested in Axis as soon as I started watching Noah. So when they broke up, it was pretty much like the most devastating thing to happen to me in wrestling. Um, like you said, and like I brought up with disappointing moments was Nakajima, I think, should still have won overall, but... It is what it is. I hope at some point next year that he'll get a shot. And I pray to God it is not against that old fucking bastard. Sorry. Not sorry to anyone that likes Mudo. I don't think Mudo's no. going to hold the belt for long anyway. And oh, Ka- no, no, no. Kaito's going to no. beat him, and yeah, then maybe Nakajima Ka- can be next after I Kaito. I was Kaito's going to fucking win. So, anyway, that's uh, Feud of the Year. So let's go back to negativity and do the worst Feud of the Year. See... Like, like pretty Don't simple. Worry. Both the worst feud of the year. Uh, match quality storyline, whatever criteria Trash. we chose. Um, nine, number one, <laughs> worst feud. All right, let's, yes. Well, let's do number two. Oh, well, no, I was supposed to be three, but I ended up only picking two because I couldn't think of a third one. My number two, worst feud of the year, is Tam Julia. Oof. It blows my mind that I've seen people call this feud of the year, and I'm a fucking Ooh. Julia fan. Like I've enjoyed most of what else she's done this year. Even though people don't like her white t- or white belt reign, I've mostly enjoyed it. Other than this, because this was just terrible. Like the out of the ring shit early on was like with them cat call- cat fighting and bikinis was like at best stupid, at worst offensive to many people. And the matches were mostly bad, and they dragged out this feud like shit for no reason. Like there's really no redeeming qualities about this feud. I know you didn't like the out of the ring stuff. Oh yeah, I actually didn't even think about this. But yeah, this would probably be this one's definitely up there. It's not number one, but it's it's fucking close. Um, this was just no. I don't even care about the in ring portion. Just the out ring portion was enough for me to fucking not like it at all. The whole cat fighting was stupid as shit. I don't care what you have to say about it. That's not that's not how you're gonna bring in a certain type of fan, and it's probably not the one that you want, especially for if you want to protect your wrestlers. But it is what it is. I just, I hope they move on and we don't see it again. And this kind of made me start really disliking Tam. I mean, I haven't really liked Tam that much I, I since know, the I EO, uh, what was it, EO and Tam versus Kagetsu and Fakuchi. I don't remember. Oh, Saki, I think. No, it wasn't Saki. She was no no tie yet. Um, fuck. I, uh, <laughs> Something. I, yeah, but anyway, that like death match <laughs> thing they did. That was good, and then after that, ever since Tam joined Stars, she's kind of sucked, to be honest to me. I don't think she's... People say she's improved a whole lot in ring. Like, she has a little bit, but I think she's way better of a character when she was in a way to tie being a heel. Mm. But, anyway. Uh, my number one feud, or worst feud of the year, is every MGF feud. <laughs> if I have to pick one, it's MGF versus John Moxley, but honestly, like, Ooh, I, don't, really? I don't think I've enjoyed any of his shit. Like, I fucking hate him. <laughs> Like, I, I wish he would just fuck off because it would make AEW way more enjoyable for me. But I know he's only going to get more push, so it's whatever. I'm, I've, I've accepted this into my life. Uh, he comes off very much as Baby's first heel, and his in-ring is pretty mid. So I don't get what people see in him, but I've just accepted I'm an outlier here. I don't really care. But regardless, whoever thought him doing this build for this title match with Mox to be based around the election needs to be shot into the sun. 
it was fucking so fucking garbage and it's a completely bad way to read the room. Like no one wanted to think about the election and fucking moments. It's like this was November, October. No one wanted, this was yeah. No one wants yeah. to fucking think about the election right now when it comes to wrestling. Like the whole thing was wrestling supposed to be escapism, and then oh hey, let's do election yeah, I was shit. Like, this is like the worst fucking year to do it. So, yeah. Overall, just uh, yeah, don't like MJF feuds. I actually totally forgot about this feud. I think my, uh, I think I blocked it out of my memory, probably for this reason. But I did pick MJF in my top worst feud. But I picked him in Jericho, just because I literally can't stand either of them. So that was just a fucking pain in the ass for me, anyways. But. I could see the mocks being the choice too, just because of the election bullshit. But yeah, the Jericho match just ended up fucking sucking anyway. So there was that. Yay. Part of the, like the, my my disdain of MJF and Mox is that people try to say that was a great match and it fucking wasn't. Oh my god, no! Like any of his matches, I can't. We'll can't talk about watch. it later, but I can't watch. when that was like one of the better matches of the show, it was a pretty bad show. <laughs> but speaking of shows, uh. Go some more positivity route here. Uh, best show of the year. Uh, top to bottom, what was the show of the year? It can be based on in-ring, pure enjoyment, what have you. Just what you thought was the best. Uh, my number three pick is just happened. Uh, Dragon Gate Final Gate 2020 from December 20th. Maybe it's recency bias, but I absolutely love the show. Nothing was outright bad. Everything on the undercard was enjoyable other than Yoshida and Jason Lee. And the final four matches were all great other than the Twin Gate match, which I thought was really good anyway. It's not great compared to the others on the show. And, like, and it was great It was great for what they were going for. And uh, it also had a match of the year contender in the Unit Disbands match, which people um, more knowledgeable than me on Dragon Gate called one of the greatest Dragon Gate matches ever. Um, and a great main event despite the finish. So uh, what's your number three pick? Um, I picked Wrestle Princess. <laughs> That's, a lot of people say that was the show of the year. I really enjoyed it too. I was going to say, I, honestly... I just had a really good time with it, even though, you know, you could kind of feel the length of the show at the end of it. I still don't think it ruined any of the um, quality or enjoyment for me. Main event was obviously super, super fucking good with Yuka and uh, Mizuki. And obviously, like, the tag team match was great, too. Honestly, everything on here was pretty much at least good. So, there's that. Well, I think the only other disappointment was Hikari not winning, but I'm I'm happy for... uh. You know, I'm I'm happy for uh, her. <laughs> yeah, say so we talked about the show when it happened. We did it was, talk about it. But it was yeah. definitely a really great show. Main event was very like I, I love that main event. Uh, Kami winning the title yeah, was a really Kami great moment. Great. And yeah, was, and fucking uh, Palm or not Palm, I say Palm. Uh, <laughs> Hyper Masao and uh, Saki Kai was fucking that was, hilarious. Yeah, that was so. funny shit. <laughs> um, my number two uh, match of the year is Ice Ribbon, new Ice Ribbon number one hundred or one thousand fifty seven. Uh, their uh, final Bunka Gymnasium show from August 9th. Bottom half of, half of the card was really good, including a really funny triangle ribbon match between Ram Kaicho, Cho and Shuryu, and Tai Homa. Ram is so good at comedy stuff. I love watching her shit. I need to watch more of her. But uh, what really made the show was the Fantastice title match between Rina Yamashita and Risa Sara. Man, that match was just fucking incredible. And Rina came out in a fucking motorcycle. Like, how cool is that? Um... <laughs> That awesome tag title match with Suka and Sakushi putting over the Frank sisters in the main event was one of my favorite Joshi matches this year, with uh, Maya Yukihi losing the title and the ice and Ice Ribbon going uh, full steam ahead with Suzu Suzuki as her uh, young new ace. So with the uh, decent undercard and final three matches like that, I it was easily one of my first shows that came to mind when I was thinking of like what was the best show this year. Oh, uh, what's your number two? 
Um, I put Final Gate, Dragon Gate, Final Gate again. I don't know if it's recency bias either for me, but I think the show was just totally enjoyable from top to bottom. I mean, Dragon Gate. Like, the few things I've seen from Dragon Gate this year, I've honestly really, really enjoyed. And so, that's why it's kind of, like, jumped up for me in, um, in promotions I watch. I mean, you pretty much talked about it here. Like, you obviously had the uh, the great Loser Disbands match. Um, of course, obviously, the main event was good. Just, yeah, just, uh, just let's not talk about the finish yeah, <laughs> anymore. I just wish the uh, talk coming out of the show was how great that you know, yeah. fan match and not Ben K getting injured. Like, literally, that's all I saw was just talk about that. And I was like, fuck. Ugh. But, yeah, still, honestly, still a really good show to check out. And my match of the year, uh, also Dragon Gate, uh, Dangerous Gate 2020 from uh, September Your 21st. Match of the year, buddy. Or show of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love the show. Uh, everything was at minimum good. The opener uh, Brave Gate title match between Kaito Ishida and Maria was borderline great. But everything from basically Doi KZ on was great, including a Triangle Gate title match between R.E.D., uh, Yoshida, Sakamoto, and uh, Diamante versus uh, the champions Ben K, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya. A uh, Twin Gate title match that was awesome. Uh, Jason Lee and Kota Minora defending against Susumu and Dragon Kid. And uh, match of the year contender, six-way steel cage survival uh, match. Um, BB Hulk, Ada, Kai, Masato Yoshino, Yamato, and Big R Shimizu which featured the death of Big R as a gimmick <laughs> and Kai turning heel on Yamato and joining R.E.D. As I mentioned earlier, is one of my favorite moments this year. So easily uh, one of my favorite shows this year. What's your number one? Um, Number one, I just went with um, DDT's Wrestle Peter Pan, but night one. I was kind of between both, but then I was going through the cards and I was like, yeah, night one was, was more fun, I think. Even though night two had um, Endo and Tanaka, which was fucking fantastic. But night one also had Yoshi, Yoshihiko. I was about to say Yoshiko like you usually do. God damn it. Uh, Yoshihiko and Takashita, which was like one of my absolute favorite matches this year. So that alone was already fucking great. But I honestly had a lot of fun with both nights. It's just this one edges it out a little bit probably just because of that match. I need to watch that Dangerous Gate show somehow. Really I'm great. so mad that I didn't get to do it, but oh well. Maybe I'll find it one day. It's probably up on Dragon Gate, Uni- or, yeah, like Dragon Gate Universe. Dragon Gate Network, I'm sure, by now. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, honorable mentions for me are Peter Pan, obviously, both mm-hmm. nights. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom was pretty good both nights for the most part. But I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. I'm sure, there's other great shows, but I just can't think of anything else. But right. uh, more negativity here. Uh, worst show of the year. Uh, same as best show. What was the worst top to bottom show this year? I, I only have one pick because I couldn't think of same. two other ones. Oh my god. Uh, my number one worst match of the year. Yeah, worst, worst show of the year is AEW All Out from uh, September 5th. Show was long as fuck for no reason. This wasn't. There wasn't a single great match on the show, and a large portion of it was either bad or fucking boring. Uh, Swole versus Brit was bad. Bucks versus Jungle Jungle um, Express was probably one of the best matches of the night, and it was just good. AEW can't do rump battle royales for shit. Uh, them continuing to do Hardy and Sammy even after Matt nearly died was just stupid. That kind of soured the whole show that for a lot of people. Soured it. I thought yeah. Hikaru and uh, Thunder was pretty good overall. The tag title match was boring as fuck. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Jericho existed. Like I, I don't know, it was fine. And the main event with uh, MJF Mox was fine, but not much more than that. Like, 
It's probably like one of the better matches of the show, but considering everything I just said about the show, that doesn't mean a whole fucking lot because nothing was really particularly that good on the show except for the Bucks and Jungle Express and uh, Hikaru and Thunder. Yeah, I put the same show. Um, just the fucking length of it just fucking killed me. I swear it went it went past midnight. Yeah, it did, I'm pretty man. sure it was like when did it start? Eight, so it was like four and something hours. I was like, there, there was no need for that. Literally, the tag match almost put me to sleep before everything else, but whatever. I think that was almost a half hour, too. It, it was super fucking long. I was literally like, who was going to win? Could someone just win and get it over with? Um, just just a really, really poor show. I mean, like, the few good things that, you know, TJ had said, I'm like, yeah, that, that was about it. I don't even think you liked the jungle. And I didn't like that one that much. much yeah, no. So I think remember when we, we talked about it on the pod a little bit when it happened, and yeah, it wasn't. Def- I, I, like I, I enjoyed it more, but it was fine. Like it wasn't anything it was like, whatever. crazy. <laughs> but really does suck that uh, Kenny and uh, Hangman's uh, reign ended that way because I enjoyed it for the most part. Like I didn't think like the Bucks and them. Spoiler for match of the year, I guess maybe is that I didn't think the Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny was like anything special. It's fucking NXT melodrama bullshit. But this was even fucking worse than that. It was just, this was at least boring. Like this was just completely boring. But enough of that. Let's get back into positivity, which should be the majority of the rest of the show. Uh, next category is Tag Team of the Year. Easy. Who was the best tag team in 2020? And trios are eligible. Uh, Going to have top five here. My number five is uh, BB and Kai. BB Hulk and Kai, I should say. Uh, they haven't had really any standout matches yet, but all of them have been really good, and I just love the aesthetic of these two, so... I slotted them in for number five. I'm sure there's better tag teams this year, but mm-hmm. just for what I enjoy, I went with top five for them. <laughs> What's your number five? I put astronauts. Like, don't fucking kill me. It's only because I've only seen, like, a few of their things, which have obviously been excellent. It's just I haven't, I guess, been as um, introduced to them as much as my other choices, but they're still really fucking good, so. Uh, my number four is Eruption. Uh, one of the best trios in wrestling, period. Bit of a vehicle to get Higuchi over, which it succeeded in doing so. But they also just had some great fucking matches during their title reign, including that uh, double main event between them and Nautilus and Corkin a few months ago. Just great unit. Like, what's there to say? My four is BB and Kai. <laughs> We're pretty much going to be trading numbers and shit, so... Um, I just fucking love them. They're so fucking incredible. Just them working together. Oh, God. Their character work is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Like you said, I don't think there's been anything super standout yet. Everything has been solid to good. Um, But, yeah, just just them together is enough for me to love them and put them in my best tag team slot. My number three pick is Dangerous Techers. These two have put tag team wrestling back on the map for New Japan with their feud this summer with Golden Aces. And when I did watch of World Tag League, they were the highlights of it. Uh, but in others that have actually watched the entire thing, which I'm uh, sorry you did, but yeah. they seem to echo my thoughts that they were like the, one of the best things about World Tag League. And it'll be really disappointing if they just lose the belts back to or to GOD at Wrestle Kingdom and that division goes back to what it was because this uh, outside of uh, Juice and Finlay dropping the titles right back to GOD and that little flip floppy shit at the beginning. I think the tag le- or tag division in New Japan has actually been pretty great this year, so mm. it'll be unfortunate if it goes back to what it was, but they made it what it is, so I'm very excited. I'm very happy to put uh, Danger Sectors as my number three. My number three is Eruption. <laughs> um, 
literally what he said, they're the best trio going on right now. I mean, can't really debate that. They had an incredible year. Um, Saki improved so much just being with them alone. I mean, even on her own, she was fucking great. But, you know, obviously, other two are great. I, I, like, how can you not love Eruption? That's, that's really all I have to say. Uh, my number two is Astronauts. It's pretty much between Astronauts and Techers for my number two. But I had to give it to Astronauts just because they were all they were around all year, having really good matches both in Big Japan and on the Indies. And they've been having just very strong title reigns so far, including the match where they won the tag titles from Sekimoto and Sato, which was like one of my one of the best tag matches this year, in my opinion, and far exceeded anything Techers did this year, so that kinda of bumped them up to number two for me. What what's your number two? Techers. <laughs> I told you we were just gonna be trading numbers, except for number one, but I wonder who <laughs> That is. Um, Techers have just been super entertaining. Uh, like, nothing super, super, super stand out, but I think they've been solid enough and consistent enough that it doesn't really matter. And plus, I just love fucking Tai Chi. So, he gets the bump for that. And he had a great, uh, he had a great G1 run. Zag is fine too. So, <laughs> let me not just, like, praise Tai Chi, but even though, you know, I love Tai Chi a little bit. Yeah, I'll say, I know you didn't like Zach's uh, G1 run as much Not as I really. did, but I thought he had a great G1, too. So just a whole year, both of those guys have been great this year. So yeah. definitely two of the highlights for uh, New Japan this year. For sure, definitely. <laughs> and uh, my number one, Nautilus. Uh, we're recording this before the latest Big Japan show made tape, which I think is oh, this coming Monday. So uh, maybe Astronauts versus Twin Towers was incredible and might make me uh, change my top. But for now, uh, Nautilus is far and away my favorite tag team this year. They've been consistent all year and were one of the focal points of DDT this year as a vehicle to get Ueno as an up-and-coming top guy in the company over. Hopefully Naomi comes back ASAP and the two can uh, continue their tag team next year. But for now, uh, Nautilus was uh, far and away my favorite tag team this year. What's your number one? My number one is also Nautilus. Um, If you watch DDT, you know how incredible their reign was. It was freaking fantastic. Um, definitely was a good way to get Ueno, you know, pushed up more towards the top. I definitely hope Naomi comes back, uh, you know, ASAP and that they actually come back together because I don't want them split up. I just want them to be a team. But yeah, overall, they just had an incredible year for, and we're just a really huge bright spot, especially for tag team wrestling, which was, I don't want to say on more of a downside this year, but, um. Yeah, they, they were just really fucking good. And uh, some quick honorable mentions just off the top of my head. Uh, Golden Aces, because it wasn't just Hackers that made New Japan's uh, mm-hmm. tag division matter. I thought their those two's uh, series of matches were very good. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't say very good. They were great. But also uh, Strong Hearts. I probably should have thought about them. I, I might have put them in my f- fifth spot over them, BB Kai. Yeah, I almost put them in mine. Or at least I almost put Damn Hearts. I just didn't watch enough uh, Strong Hearts stuff. Yeah. Compared to last year, just because they're not, I watched Wrestle One all the fucking time and I saw them all the time, <laughs> but I didn't watch as much like Big Japan and indie stuff in general. So I can't, I know they've been really, very good this year. It's just I didn't watch enough of it to put them right. in my list, even though BB Kai is really just a new fat t- tag team, but care. I don't know. I'm enjoying them like hell, so. Yeah, I don't care. They're fun as shit. Uh, next category is Most Outstanding Wrestler. Uh, who was the best wrestler strictly mm-hmm. in ring? No other factors to be considered. Simply put, who had the best matches this year? Start at the bottom. Uh, my number five is Kaito Kiyomiya. Kaito has been cycled down this year, but that doesn't mean he's stopped having great matches. 
in reality, I think he's had more great matches this year compared to last year. Uh, much like Nakajima, I think he's pretty much he's been pretty consistent this, throughout the year. The only issue is he's had less opportunities than Nakajima has had, which I guess I kind of just spoiled one of my later picks. But yeah, my number five uh, is Kentukimia. Who's your number five? I couldn't fucking pick one because I didn't fucking know. <laughs> I'd almost put Ashino there just because he has had good matches, but it's like his booking's been so shit. I'm like. Hey, he's had good matches. He's had good matches. So. Okay, well then Ashino's my five. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, he's had phenomenal matches. He had a fantastic fucking match with Suwama. Um, back when the hell was that? Uh, June. June. June 30th, May June. I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, he had like, and obviously he had good tag stuff even in like the no people. So. Was really good. Yeah, they were all really fucking good. They're not saying they're bad now or anything. It's just now booking is kind of really taking a decline for them. So there's that. But I still think he was um really really great wrestler. Uh, my number four is Mayu Iwatani. Uh, Mayu had an awesome red belt reign this year. I think uh, defending twice in match of the year contenders with uh, Takumi Aroha and a great match with Utami where she lost the belt. Her five star Grand Prix was very good and the uh, tag match they had earlier in the year. As part of Kagetsu's retirement tour uh, with her and Kagetsu versus J.K. Green was uh, awesome. I love that match. Like, definitely one of my favorite Joshi tag matches this year. And, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I very much enjoyed my easy this year. What's your number four? Tetsuya Endo. <laughs> I told you my top is pretty much going to be obvious. But, um, while I don't think he's had, like, quite as many great matches as, like, my top three have... Um, I think he's been consistent enough and solid enough. He probably has, like, the most, like, at least, like, four-star matches on my fucking, like, list or whatever the fuck you would call it, you know? Let me sound like a dork for a second. But, um, I think his reign has been, has been really, at least pretty good. Um, I thought the match with Sasaki at uh, Ultimate Party was pretty fun. Even though, you know, it was just weird overall but whatever and obviously the tanaka match where he won the title was fucking great um i hope he has a good 2021 i'm worried who wins uh dio because i'm like fuck if it's takashita i'm always nervous when he faces takashita now because uh he's never beaten takashita in a single yeah. match I don't think. so and that's, that's why gonna, i get nervous it's gonna be interesting i mean i, I think he'll beat takashita, I, I think but he'll beat him this time we'll see yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, my number three for most outstanding is Katsuhiko Nakajima. While I think my number one and number two probably had higher peaks than he did, I think Nakajima was the most consistent wrestler this year. Uh, consistently great in tags. Had that awesome 30-minute draw with Suzuki right before the shutdown. He was the best person in the N1 this year, in my opinion. And his match with Sh- uh, Go Shizaki for the title was just phenomenal stuff. Like He was easily like one of my favorite wrestlers this year, just for bell-to-bell. and just I mean, in general, but definitely bell-to-bell. I think he's been one of the most consistent wrestlers this year, in my opinion. Uh, who's your number three? I put Haramu. Um, honestly, three and two were a toss-up. Because I was like, I really could put either or here. So, um, Haramu's had a fantastic year. It is really, like I said, it is really, really tough to choose between the two who I wanted it to and three. But um, Haramu's just had a great year. He just had, like, one of the best fucking matches of the year with Despy. Uh, had a... <laughs> had a really good match at Wrestle Kingdom like, by himself, but and obviously Dragon Lee. So, um, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, you say it is what it is. 
He's just fucking really, really fucking great. So I think that's all that we really have to say about him. Or at least I do. Uh, my number two pick is Hiromu Takahashi. <laughs> um, Hiromu started off strong with winning the junior title and a great match at Wrestle Kingdom. Another great match defending against Dragon Lee, as you already mentioned. On the startup, uh, he had a really good run in the New Japan Cup facing mm-hmm. Ishii and had uh, one of the better Okada matches this year. Yes. Uh, he had what many consider Evil's best match in his reign. Yes. And was in front of, uh, he was front and center during that entire Naito Evil feud regardless. But honestly, I think he was like more of a main player than either one of them, to be honest. Um, He lost the junior title at Jingu in a great match with Ishimori. Uh, Solid performance from him and Bushi in the junior tag tournament. And then he was by far the standout in Best Super Juniors this year by a country mile. And I'm less excited about his Wrestle Kingdom than I was beforehand. But (laughs) either way, I'm I'm really excited for him to... uh, Win the title back at Wrestle Kingdom in the semi-main event, I should say, on night two. I'm very excited that that's gonna be the semi-main, assuming mm-hmm. it's Hiromu, but it should be. Like they're not gonna have to, they're not gonna have LP and Ishimori fucking semi-main. But yeah, Hiromu is easily my uh, number two pick here. Uh, who's your number two? My number two is uh, Nakajima. So just super consistent. Um, you know, obviously Go Match was fucking phenomenal, which was no surprise. Um, him and Keno was great this year too. You know, he's always really he's been really good in those tag matches when he joined uh Congo. He's just super consistent. Like he might have been shifted to one if something you know, if he'd won title, but whatever. That's uh and I think everyone knows who number one's gonna be, but it is what it is. But Nakajima had a great fucking year, so all I can really hope for is that he has the same or maybe more success in 2021. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, but I'm not holding my breath right now. Uh, my number one for most outstanding wrestler is Go Shiyazaki. As much as I tried to fight it at certain points throughout the year, it uh, became pretty apparent to me as the year went on that he's had to win most outstanding for me. He started off this year with his match with Kaito, which I still maintain as the best match to take place on January 4th. Fuckabushi Okada. It's fucking Kaito Period. and Go. That match is fucking great. He had a great reign, including the Fujita match. Good match with uh, Kitoshi Saito. Uh, fine match with Marfuji. It's like worst match of his reign. Uh, he was one of the best of the N1. Mm. And then he bookended his year with back-to-back match of the year contenders with Nakajima and Sugi. Plus a few great tag matches throughout the year for a good measure. Like, I still think him and um, the Axis match where they lost the titles to uh, Mochimaru was a really great match. I definitely enjoyed that a lot. So, overall, just goes had Crazy. super high peaks this year. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's really come close to him. What's your number one? My number one is also go. It's it's not it's honestly not really even close. Like I was kind of like you. I tried to fight off saying go was gonna be like probably the best wrestler of the year, but I couldn't deny it after at least these last two matches and even the Keno match. I was like, hmm, damn it, he's so fucking good. <laughs> but yeah, he's had like his reign has honestly been just fucking insane. Like he said, the Kaito match, so fucking good. Um, and then just, you know, keeps going. You know, he kind of had some at least decent ones. But, well, I guess uh, Maru's was like the, like he said, was the worst one. But even then, And even fine. then it was fine. It was just not, yeah. Uh, at least it wasn't up to par like the other matches because they were just on another level. Um, yeah, also great tag matches. Great in one stuff. I... <sighs> 
I honestly don't know if you can really fucking compliment Go anymore because, like, everyone is and everyone has. But it's absolutely deserved because he's just been fantastic. Yeah, this is definitely Go's year. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions, uh, Shotaro Shino. I thought he's been great this year despite his booking. I still think him and Nakajima was, like, one of my favorite matches this year. Even if no one watched it and because it was No People era. Wrestle won before they closed down. <laughs> um, Masada Tanaka, I thought his start of the year was fucking great. Yeah. With his uh, Dio, Dio yeah, run. Really good. Uh, Takashi Sugiura, he's in like some of my favorite matches this year. And him and Sakurab have been a great tag team. And I don't know, Sugiura's just been great all year. Uh, Fuminori Abe, again, he's not going to get a lot of love probably, but he's been yeah. he's been very consistent this year, just like uh, Nakajima. Uh, Toro Sugiura from Freedoms, his deathmatch title reign has been awesome this year. And then, as she said, uh, Tetsuya Endo, I think he's been also super consistent this year. Just not any like high highs for him. Other than his match where he beat Tanaka for the title. Uh, back to negativity. Worst yes. wrestler of the year. I was trying to come up with three. I could only come up with one. Because it's just the one that burned in my brain. And it is Kazuchika Okada. Holy shit. Uh, dude started off the year with two great matches at Wrestle Kingdom. But ever since then, he's been dog shit. The only people that have been able to drag anything worth watching from him this year. Are Hiromu in the New Japan Cup. And then Taichi and Shingo in the G1. But other than that, he's been awful. He's made me hate the fact that we were. He made me hate the fact that we were watching G One because I or like covering G One on the podcast because I always dreaded watching his matches and I just did not want to talk about them. I I wish I could have skipped them. I probably should have in hindsight, I guess. But yeah, um, not a great year for Okada. There's probably been worse wrestlers than him. It just he's been the most offensive to me as because I watch him so much. Come on, dog! You ain't gonna put MJF as your number one. Is the worst. I actually, for some reason, didn't have this in my notes, so I'm just kind of going off of my memory, but MJF is probably, like, my worst. Anytime he's on screen, I just fucking just want to mute the TV, because I just cannot listen to him. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to... I just... I don't want to know that he even exists in my mind, but... AEW seems to like him, and a certain subgroup of fans like him, too, for some fucking reason, but... Whatever, I guess. He's just... He just does nothing for me. And it just irrationally makes me angry when, <laughs> whenever I just I just know he's going to be on. And I'm like, I can't do this. And now it's even worse with him being in this stupid fucking uh, inner circle bullshit. And I'm like, please, just fucking end the pain. But uh, back to some positivity here. Uh, best promotion. Simple, what was the best promotion? can include business booking or just simply what promotion you enjoyed the most this year uh business is kind of hard because it's yeah, covid era so like, I, uh, I didn't really take that into account too much but uh I know any of that. my number three pick is uh dragon gate if i'd been following dragon gate closely all year it might have been higher to be honest but unfortunately i was on the outside looking in for a good portion of the year only flying in for big shows but uh once i got invested i thought it was one of the best book promotions in the back half of the year firing on all cylinders pushing all their young talent with them living up to the push, especially SB Kento, all while having some pretty stellar matches all year from Doi's title reign and from both tag divisions, plus uh, two match of the year contenders in, in the uh, six-man cage match and the unit disbands match from Final Gate. And uh, yeah, it's pretty easily my uh, the promotion I'm most excited to watch in 2021. Uh, what's your number three? I actually put DDT for three. It's not like anything bad or anything. It's just I don't know how to describe it. I've obviously enjoyed everything that like DDT does for the most part. It's just 
I don't know. It's really hard to explain what I'm trying to get at here. Like, obviously, I love DDT, so it doesn't really fucking matter. It's still in, like, my best promotions list. Um, fuck. <laughs> I think there might be some points during some shows where I, like, I don't want to say I get bored, but you you remember, like, the Aoki match? Yeah, there's, like, yeah, couple bad things in it, <laughs> Which doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't hurt the overall enjoyment. It's just sometimes I'm a little sidetracked, and then I'm like, eh. But then there's other promotions where I'm just like, yay, I love I love all this. So, I mean, like I said, DT is still one of the best promotions out there. So, there you go. Uh, speaking of DT, that is my number two pick. And uh, what can I say? I've enjoyed just about everything they've done this year. Uh, kicked off the year with a great title reign from Masada Tanaka, which was ended by Tetsuya Endo in my favorite DDT matches here, except for a certain match we'll talk about. But uh, after Endo won a fucking sword, I should say, he won a sword and then beat Tanaka. He did lose the sword to Higuchi during a TV episode, but then won it right back. Then he had a great reign, including the uh, winning the King of DDT tournament and feuding with his damnation brother Sasaki in a really great match. Uh, tag and trio scenes, you had a Nautilus interruption just plowing through everyone and inevitably feuding with each other. Uh, both tag teams were used as vehicles to push their respective guys, Higuchi and Ueno, even with some help from Ueno or Endo, because they both feuded with Endo at certain points throughout the year. Uh, Takashita was a bit on the back burner, but it was in a meaningful. He was in a meaningful feuds with Junratsu and Yoshihiko. So, despite people getting a much needed break from Takashita in the main event scene, yes. he, st- he still did a lot of cool stuff this year. So, I think that was a smart way to book him this year. Uh, the extreme title was kind of on the back burner too. Mm. It's not a few good great matches, but it did have matches like Oeki or, or Aoki and uh, Naya and yeah. some weird other matches. But uh, I'm enjoying uh, Takagi's reign so far. Really, the only bad thing in the company was the Universal title, which was aw- fucking awful oh, unt- God, until yeah, Luana won that, it. Yeah, I think that kind of took me out because I would always be like, oh. Uh. Yeah, the whole back and forth between Sasaki and uh, Chris was fucking terrible. Weird. And I didn't even enjoy the match where uh, Chris won it for the first, like, yeah, became the inaugural it champion. It was a good match, but not like people thought it was great and I didn't think so. And then really the only uh, great match other than Ueno winning the title off Chris so far was that triple threat from uh, Peter Pan with uh, Sasaki defending against Shunma and uh, Isami Kodaka. And Chris Andrew was pretty good. Oh, fuck yeah, I forgot about that. Chris Andrew was pretty good. So yeah, those are like your top three matches for the title, but overall, I, I just did not enjoy that title that much yeah. this year. So if anything, that's like the thing that really that bogged down DDT great. for me. And just the extreme title being kind of MIA for the most of it, because Aoki was champ and didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, because he was gone for at least a little bit, but yeah. So. He did have a really funny match with uh, Harshima on the... Um, a Bima Tower show when they were like doing the blindfold match. I fucking love that. That's so funny. But uh, yeah, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Noah. Um, I know you could probably shit on them a little bit because their first half of the year wasn't exactly great. Like their first couple No People shows were not very good. But I think as time went on, like they really had a good grasp of um. I guess more of what to do. Obviously, there's still some shows where I'm kind of like, well, I don't, I don't really care about that that much. But just overall, I've become such a big fan of a lot of the guys in there, and it's just, it just becomes a honestly pretty easy watch for me. Um, and obviously, they have fucking Go and Nakajima, so there you go. That's pretty much like my two big reasons. But it's just, I've honestly just really enjoyed Noah this year. 
And my number one pick is Noah. <laughs> I was between this and my number one. Yeah, um, my number one and number two are pretty much neck and neck. Each had things I loved and things I didn't love. Obviously, flaws for Noah were the Noah's Junior Division, which I wouldn't even call bad. Yeah, it's just that's definitely true. disjointed and suffers from matches going too long at times. And another flaw, like what she has mentioned, was there are no people shows were probably like one of the weaker of any promotion in Japan. Yeah. But uh, there's two things to split the difference for me between Noah and DDT. First was that Noah had more top end matches this year than DDT did. Mm-hmm. Like I love DDT; it's my favorite promotion, but I don't go there for work rate i just go there to have a fun time and second i think they took advantage of a great situation for them and the fact that new japan has been so down this year and noah's done well to fill in the gap they've even offered like a uh, english commentary and stuff like that even though some of it early on wasn't the best which i haven't listened to it so i don't know all firsthand like it, but at least the last show it seems like they've improved yeah they've so. got a new commentary team yeah, and it seems like they're doing good. good so they're taking advantage of the situation and they've done well to fill in this gap and it feels like they've gotten more buzz about them in the west yes, now sure. thanks to it like, pretty much, like, the two promotions that have the most buzz in the West right now, at least from what I've seen, is Noah and Dragon Gate currently. DT's still up there. Definitely. But it's just definitely, um, for your more tip, uh, t- uh, typical pro fan, Noah seems to be the go-to promotion right now. And mm. it was smart of them to take advantage of that situation. Uh, we'll see if people continue to stick around when once Mudo wins the belt. But no. for now, <laughs> I definitely think they've done well to take advantage of uh, New Japan's lack this year. Mm-hmm. What's your number one? You want the surprise? It is Dragon Gate. <laughs> kind of like what you said with your number one and two. They were really close. Um, just based off the few shows I've watched with Dragon Gate alone, I've really, 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 really enjoyed it. Like, even if on some shows they're just, like, you know, not, like, super top-rate stuff, but I just have a really good fucking time, and it's really nice and refreshing to see Dragon Gate actually book their uh, younger guys like, they actually mean something, and I don't have to see them do the same fucking Boston Crab for 20 years, but uh, that's a different story, but anyway. Hey, so, I, like, I like a good Boston Crab. Hey, I do too, but not when I know it's coming every uh, goddamn <laughs> fucking time, and they're not going to win. At I least know. at Dragon Gate, I can see fucking who fucking knows beat Susumu or whoever the hell, but yeah, I think Dragon Gate just has a huge upside, well, right now. <laughs> Um, I think their 2021 is going to be really, really fucking good because they've really closed the year in a fantastic way. And I want to give a quick honorable mention to uh, Freedoms just because mostly Toro Sergiera's uh, title reign has been fucking awesome. So if you're into deathmatch wrestling, I think, um, well, Big Japan's probably had more top end. Not why well, you can't even say that. Yeah. I, was, I, was like... I don't know. I've, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I've really enjoyed Freedoms this year. So if you're into deathmatch wrestling, I do recommend checking out their stuff from this past year. Uh, now for the negativity again, worst promotion of the year, uh, same as the best promotion, whatever criteria you think fits. Uh, I picked one promotion that I want to, uh, really lay the boots into. God damn it. My worst promotion of the year is all Japan. I knew it was coming. And before you get on me, they were obviously, there were obviously worse promotions this year than all Japan. I'm not fucking stupid. If it was being real, it would probably be WWE or something because, but I don't watch enough of WWE to care that it's bad or not. And I actually care that Old Japan is bad right now, which is probably a good thing for them because I'm like, once people stop caring, that's when it's, it's a problem. And I, I think Old Japan came into the year strong. Kento as champ, a good defense against Yuma, and then dropped it to a, in a great match with mm-hmm. Suwama, which everyone assumed was going to be a transition reign. Mm-hmm. Champions Carnival lineups got announced around that time, 
and it looked like it was going to be a pretty good tournament again this year. But then Nomura got injured, and then COVID. They kicked off their No People shows with uh, a great, a fucking great six-man tag match. And their TV show was one of the best No People shows with uh, Infants, Invasion, and just all that whole period of No People. It was probably like the best thing about All Japan this year. Which is not the best thing, but like it got a lot of people in, like, invested in the product. But then Ashino lost the title match. Uh, fans came back, and they just shit away all of the goodwill they had from the first half of the year. And Fonz got booked into oblivion. Champions Carnival was fine, but not what anyone wanted, really. World Tag League was better than... A real-world Tag League was better than Champions Carnival, but still nothing great. And it feels like Suwama is just keeping the belt until they can have full crowds and just put the belt back on Kento. The one shiny point um, throughout the year was the junior division, which I think has been great through, like year-round. And... They look to be on, uh, starting off the year good with these uh, Cork and All shows kicking off the year. But I think they got a lot of good will to win back after the back half of 2020 being so bad. And yeah, like I said, obviously worst promotions in All Japan this year. But just for me, for what I've been enjoying, this was definitely like the most disappointing promotion for me. What's your uh, worst promotion of the year? I'm going to go ham on Stardom for a second. Um, <laughs> I I honestly haven't watched a whole lot of Stardom this year. Um, probably one big, uh, <laughs> one big glaring um, reason why. But, you know, obviously that, that reason kind of plays into why I don't like Stardom. Just because their pieces, well, I don't want to say Stardom. Let me say Bushi Road for that portion. And I won't get into that too much because obviously we know. Bushy Road fucking sucks. But, obviously, like, you brought up Tam and Julia. No. Just no. Cat fights and bikinis and stupid shit like that. No go. Then you had Tam with her little fucking unit. And fucking Mina and now Nagi. And I'm just like, mm, this is really not the route you want to go, buddy. Like, I know some people were like, oh, yeah, it's so fucking funny. It's just a joke. I'm like... I don't really want to see Tam, like, randomly groping on someone's fucking chest. Like, it's really fucking gross. Seems like, like they've calmed down on that since they're not Oh, joined, I know, but... Yeah, it was really... You obvious, yeah. And, that, and if it puts me off at first, I'm not really going to want to jump back in. Because I'm like, no, it's not It's not cool. Um, Like, obviously, I know there's been good matches and stuff. It's just kind of, like, on the other side that just... I just don't like it. And then another glaring obvious... Uh, Issue is, you know, beat parsley, but I don't want to get into her either because I hate talking about her. So, yeah, I just, I am not the biggest fan of stardom right now. So, I don't know if I will really jump back in either. But I think we're done with negativity finally, I think. So, uh, let's finish off the show with, well, it's not even finish off the show yet, but go to our next category uh wrestler of the year who was the total package in wrestling this year a mix of in-ring star power mvp quality or any other quality you think fits the bill start with the bottom my number five pick is mayu iwatani i voted for her as most outstanding as well i'd probably put her higher on the rest of the year list but despite her great matches and technical technically being the top champion in the company julia had a bigger focus for the company but if you're someone who doesn't love, love, love Julia, Me. Mayu has been there all year holding it down with great matches and a great feud with Kamiya Roja. So 
she uh, gave you all something that if you didn't, if you weren't a fan of DDM, you had, you still had something in Stardom with Mayu, at least until she dropped the belt. But yeah, she's my number five. Who's your number five? I really struggle with picking five um, because I didn't really want to put him, but I'm like, in terms of star power, it can't be denied. But I put, I put Naito. It's really not even much about quality here. I know this is more of a mix of everything in between, but you can't deny that Naito is like still the guy. The crowd still fucking loves the shit out of him. And he has had really good matches. The Tana match at the G1 was fucking one of my favorite matches from this year. It's fucking great. Um, obviously, him and Okada was really great, too. And we didn't get the Hiromu and Naito match, which was a big letdown, but, you know. I really I, liked his match with Kenta. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't even think that was really bad. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I wasn't as big on the evil matches, but that's okay. I kind of looked past that. But I still think overall, like, he, he's definitely still <clears throat> deserving of an MVP award. Like, he's Tetsuya Naito, so can't really deny his uh his star power yeah the only thing that helped me back from voting for naito is well i guess that's probably what my later list is but Whoa. the uh, only thing that helped me back from voting for naito was that he lost the title to evil i know if he had been a consistent yeah. title reign this whole year i think he'd definitely be a, a pretty obvious pick but between covid happening and basically him losing two months of his reign and then dropping the title basically right after they finally came back i think that definitely hurts his chances but i understand why people would vote for him like you did. <laughs> um, my number four pick, Toru Sugiura from Freedoms. He has been the champ of Freedoms majority of the year and has a hell, had a hell of a reign. All the title defenses have been musty stuff, and he's about to defend against Masashi Takeda at Blood Christmas in probably the biggest death match this year. I've enjoyed Freedoms for a few years now, but his title reign has been a draw for me personally, at least. I always try to go out of my way to see his matches as much as I can. So just for that alone, I think he's my number four pick. Who's number four? I picked Indo for this. Um, obviously, I've really enjoyed his in-ring work. I think he's just been... I think he's been great for DDT this year. And obviously, even before then. But, like, they've really strapped. They've really strapped him to the moon this year. So, it's been really great to see a new star being born in um, in DDT. And so, it's not just, like, your typical couple guys. Like, he was always up there, but... They didn't, like, really fully put anything into him until this year. So, you know, he had the damn hard stuff, obviously. Like, the little quote-unquote breakup with Sasaki. But, yeah, whatever. But um, I think he's just been really, really fucking good this year. And definitely worthy of um, a top wrestler. Or at least in the top five. <laughs> uh, my number three pick is Hiromi Takahashi. I voted for him for most outstanding, so obviously I think he was great in-ring. But I'm putting him MVP because he was a focus throughout the year for New Japan and one of the few things I could get invested in this year from that company. It was really just him and Dangerous Tekker's title reign that really kept me invested in New Japan throughout the year. And yeah, I just enjoyed all of his matches and thought he was a very good focus of the company. And if you don't think he's one of the top guys in the company, even without being a heavyweight, you're, you're just crazy. You're, like yeah. He's one of the top most popular guys in that company. I agree. Honestly, Literally. he's more... He uh, might be more popular than... Um, he's like a top five guy for yeah. sure in the company, even if he's a junior, which yeah. he should always say a junior, but that's a different discussion. But, we will not get but, that to be. But he's a top five guy in that company, especially after this year. If you don't see it, I don't know. But what's your number three? Um, I put Nakajima. <laughs> I'm sure there, there might be disagreements, but whatever. 
uh, I just think he's been super consistent. Like, he's just been great. You know, gr- obviously, he has great look, great great everything to me, but, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else you can really ask for from Nakajima. I just, I just want him to get a push because I just want him to be... I just want to be. I just want to be the main guy. It's not fair. I say, what more can you ask for him? Is winning the fucking belt. That's all. That's really all he needs to do to that's be the next guy. Literally, I'm like, he looks so good, and I'm just like, dude. I mean, he's already on. won the belt before, but that was. B- I know before. it was a long time ago. But either way, um, my number two pick, Tetsuya Endo. Um, I gave him an honorable mention for most outstanding. He was consistent throughout the year in ring, but never really had a match to your contender, which is why I kind of bumped him out of my top uh, five for that. The closest he had was the match with Masato Tanaka when he won the title. But he was focused for the promotion throughout the year, winning just about everything you can win in DDT. He had a strong title reign and was used as a catalyst to push guys like Yuchi and Ueno. So just his title reign in general benefited the company, if nothing else, for depth in the roster. So, yeah, I think he was a very big deal, or very important part of DDT this year and just consistent all year. What's your number two? I'll just say this now. Two and one are pretty much like neck and neck. But um, for two, I picked Romu. Like, you you can't deny. Like, you just can't deny him. You really can't. Like, literally, like you said, probably top five most popular wrestlers. I think he's probably at least, like, two, in my opinion. But that might be a little biased. But I don't care. He's had great fucking matches. You can, you can pretty much always rely on him to get... Just about anyone, at least a good match. We'll see about Wrestle Kingdom because I don't know if that's going to happen on night one. But I don't know. Maybe I'll be shocked. But it's like obviously he helped play a role in the um, in the best Super Junior Finals with um, with Despy, which is incredible. He's just he's just super fucking awesome. Again, I don't know how you can deny Hiromu. I really don't think you can. I think more for like MVP quality. For him, he fucking made evented Budokan. <laughs> like exactly. Like the only thing he, else he could do is main event the Tokyo Dome, which I don't. We'll see if that ever happens, but <sighs> for now, like that's like the best he could do, and it's crazy that he's already done it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, number one pick for wrestler of the year is Go Shizaki. As we said, uh, <laughs> this was Go's year, and I voted for him for most outstanding. So clearly, in ring is there. He had like the highest peaks of any wrestler this year, in my opinion. I voted for him for Feud of the Year as well, so he was a big deal. Like, So with that, and it's just his title reign as a whole, I've been emotionally invested in both him and Noah this year. And it feels like there is a renewed interest in Noah this year, and his title reign is a large part of it. So all things considered, I think he's a clear MVP this year. But uh, Tokyo Sports is wrong. Tokyo but, Sports is very but wrong. But obviously that's fucking politics, so who cares? But obviously Go Shizaki is the actual MVP this year. Yep, that's who I had for number one too. Like, like you said, it's it's just clear. Well, it should be clear, just not to Tokyo Sports that Go was clearly the fucking MVP of this year. He he really honestly had it all in ring work. He got even more fans interested in Noah, especially during a time when you know it's just it was a struggle to catch any kind of wrestling. But I, I Honestly, I just need to go back. I want to go back and watch his title, his title matches, because oh, it was just so good. Go is just this was absolutely goes here. I can't, I honestly can't rave enough about him. He, he's just so he's just so damn good. This was just such an incredible run um, to watch unfold. 
and I want to give an honorable mention to Ata. Mm. Um, his title run wasn't the best, but he was a big. He's an important part of uh, Dragon Gate this year because he kind of helped Red become like that. I mean, it was always always the definitive heel unit because it was the only heel unit really in Dragon Gate. But they made he helped to make um, Dragon Gate a very like the strongest it's been since Pack uh, left the company, and he's helping to elevate the rest of their guys like Gatsby Kento and all that. So I'm sure he'll end up putting them over sometime next year. So. I just wanted to give Ada a shout out. I think he had a really great year this year. Uh, we can talk about worst match of the year, but I don't care enough to it. So let's just yeah, get to match. Of, let's just get to match of the year. Uh, start off with number five. My number five match of the year is Go Shizaki versus Kazuyuki Fujita from Presley Noah's 20th anniversary. Noah the Chronicle Volume Two from March 29th. I can't really say a whole lot more about this match. We've talked about it pretty much throughout the whole show, but. It's just 30 minutes of these fuckers staring at each other and uh, having a fun walk and brawl throughout Cork and Hall, including Kaz spitting hand sanitizer in Go's face. God-tier. And then him, uh, them having a really good match in the ring, even teasing a time limit draw once they actually got in the ring again. But Go finally put him away, giving Kaz one of his very few single losses in recent years. It was more than a match. It was an experience, especially if you go into a blind or watch it live. So, yeah, I can't say too much about this match. It was just one of my favorite matches this year. What's your number five? Ashley went Yoshihiko and Takashita. <laughs> I kind of struggled to pick five. It was like, I knew my top four was pretty easily, but I just had to go with this one. This one was just, it was just super entertaining. I mean, like, I don't even need the wrestling aspect. It just, it did what it needed to do and it, and it entertained me and was, and it was the best cinematic match of the year, but yeah, I, I just loved it so much. Uh, my number four pick. Susumu Yokosuka, Dragon Kid, Masada Yoshino, Naruki Doi, and Genki Haraguchi versus Ada, Kaito Ishida, Hyo, SB Kento, and Hip Hop Kikuda from Dragon Gate, the final gate, 20, or 2020 from December 20th. Uh, when we discussed this match last week, I said it was between this and the cage match for my Dragon Gate match of the year. But the more and more I thought about it, it kind of became clear that, that it became this, or it became my uh, Dragon Gate match of the year to me. And it weaseled its way into my top five, kicking out a match I thought for sure would have stayed in my top ten, my top five. But it was just an incredible match, load of uh, loads of gravitas and history involved. And I think it will be remembered in the future as the catalyst for the youth of Dragon Gate taking over the company. So I don't know. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, what's your number four? Uh, mine's going Fujita. Wait, <laughs> I, have we talked about this match enough? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally an experience in itself and actual some good wrestling at the end. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, just just go fucking watch it. it it's fucking awesome. I highly recommend you just take some time out of your day. Just just go watch an absolute experience. Uh, my number three match of the year, uh, Suwama versus Shotaro Oshino from the Old Japan TV match number eight from June 30th. Uh, in my opinion, it was the best match of the No People era. Partially just because Ashino is my guy. It was the middle of his push in All Japan, so of course I loved it. I honestly think he might have... I thought, I thought at the time he might have won, but unfortunately he didn't. But I fucking love this match. Him and Suwama have incredible chemistry, which hasn't continued in all of their meetings since this match. At the time, I was disappointed, but accepted... Or accepting of Ashino's losing, but in hindsight, as I mentioned earlier when I was talking about promotion of the year... Or worst promotion of the year. Um, I think many people, myself included, would have 
would have a different view of All Japan if they had just went with him. But ain't the story of All Japan just them uh, failing to go in with the young guys, unless they're Kento. But I don't want to talk too much about that. But this is just a personal match for me. I thought it was like one of my favorite matches of the year. Very, I was very invested in it. And just the wrestling in it was fucking incredible. So definitely easy top five match for me. What's your number three? Uh, my number three was Hiromu and Despi. Um, <laughs> it just just a fucking phenomenal match. Like the mask, the unmasking part just was so fucking sick. The wrestling itself was sick. These two always fucking kill it in the ring. Their chemistry is absolutely insane inside and outside of the ring. Um, I really can't ask for much more from these two. I I, I just I can't. It's just super fucking good and. Best way to end the uh, tournament. Uh, my number two is Hiromu Takahashi Rosaldo Prado. Also, well, not also because mine's my number two, but from New Japan World Tag League 2020 and Best Super Juniors 27 Finals from December 11th. Another ma- match that we discussed last week. Y'all know I'm a Hiromu Mark. Of course, I was going to pick this one. Like I literally said last week, that might be my favorite Hiromu match ever. So you should have, shouldn't be shocked as my number two. Uh, match full of history, great wrestling, and. My favorite moment of the year with Despi losing his mask. Just fucking great stuff. What's your number two? Uh, my number two was uh, Go and Nakajima. Um, <sighs> this one was actually hard for me to pick because I was actually between this and my number one before I almost said it out loud. <laughs> but this was just this was just super incredible. These two were beating the living shit out of each other. Um... Obviously, the most glaring thing of the match is the result, but at the same time, I'm not super upset about it because of my number one. If Nakajima won, we wouldn't have got my number one, so there's that. But just after the story they've told for months, you know, and obviously being together for quite some time, it just culminated into a really good match, and I hope that somewhere down the line they get to do this again, and it's for the title, and we see the... Um, we see Nakajima win. In my match of the year, Go Shizaki versus Taro, or not, T- Takashi Sagira <laughs> from Know the Best 2020. To me, <clears throat> Final Chronicle 2020 from December 6th. Went over it last week. It was just an incredible match. It was between this and Nakajima for Go's best title match in this reign, but I ended up choosing this. I just couldn't think of a match I enjoyed more, even if I was much more invested in the Nakajima match. I just can't deny the greatness of Takashi Sagira. Like, that man is a fucking animal. Fucking beast. I love that man. Like, that match was just so fucking brutal. And I, I don't know. I, I can't say enough about it. I, I just fucking love this match. And easy number one match for me. Uh, what's your number one? That is my number one as well. Just incredible from top to bottom. Just literal brutal violence. Like, I know some people can complain about kind of like the slow moments but as we discussed before it makes sense because they were hitting each other pretty fucking hard so i don't think that took anything away from it and even the length of it you know it was kind of a little jarring at first but it flew by just perfectly paced in my opinion and just honestly the best match to this year uh but those that's our top five. Let me go through some honorable mentions real quick. I got a couple, or <laughs> more than a couple, but um, Mayumi Ozaki versus Seoriano from Oz Academy's uh, Plum Hanasaku Oznokuni Bontai final from August 29th. 
this is the match I got bumped from my top five. It would have been top five if it wasn't for the uh, <laughs> disbands match. Other than that, uh, Abdul Kobayashi versus Toshiyuki Sakuda versus Yuki Ishikawa from a Big Japan TV match. Crisis Volume, Crisis Survivor Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Um, just fucking crazy match. They, fucking it was like a thousand sick. light tubes, I think. Something like, like that, yeah. It was fucking awesome. This is one of the matches that took advan- full advantage of the no people chick because you could not do this in front of fans. No, you could. You kind of had to do this in a fucking warehouse and just be fucking crazy. Uh, Gochizaki and Nakajima from No the Chronicle Volume Four. She already talked about it. Great match. Uh, Fuminori Abe versus Sami Kodaka from Basara's 127 Feast show. Just one of my favorite title matches this year. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito from New Japan G1 Climax 2020. Day 2. We've talked about it on the pod before. This would have been my New Japan match of the year, if not for Hiromu and Despi. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, other match, uh, Mayu Itani versus Takumi Aroha from the Stardom Goddess of Stardom Tag League 2020 Day 4. My personal favorite of the series, but I thought both are definitely worth checking out. Just very different styles of matches. So check out this and the previous match from uh, February, I want to say. Or March, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> um, also, Akaito Kiyomiya versus Goshiyazaki from Noah and Cork and Hall, Day 1, New Sunrise. As I mentioned before, that is the best match that took place on January 4th. <laughs> uh, Kunitsuke Takashita versus Yoshihiko. We've talked about it a bunch. She, she even included it in her top five. Uh, Katsuko Nakajima for Shotaro Oshina from the Wrestle One Tour 2020 Wrestle One Impact or W Impact Day Two, the final Wrestle One title match we ever got to see. Right. Well, the new the last one that's gonna make tape this coming month. So, but still, as of now, this is the last title match for Wrestle One, and I thought it was fucking phenomenal. Nakajima's heel work was fully on point here, and Nashino obviously the usually a, he usually he plays more of a heel character, but he's definitely full on babyface here. Uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Katsuki. Kazuchika Okada from New Japan, Frost Kingdom Night 2. Hiroshima and Masada Tanaka from DT Sweet Dreams 2020. That does not feel like that happened this year, but that was a fucking great match. The match where uh, Tanaka won the title off Hiroshima. Can you, I, I cannot believe Hiroshima was the DO champion this year. I know. That's so crazy to me to think about. Like It feels like it was last year he was mm-hmm. champion, not this fucking year. And then uh, last... Honorable mention, uh, Kentumi Ahara versus Suwama from All Japan Dream Power Series 2020. Just great match. Unfortunate rain <laughs> for Suwama, I guess. Yeah. But I've enjoyed most of Suwama's matches. It's just, just the rain. I don't know. Anyway, not enough of that. I'm t- I need to stop talking about All Japan. <laughs> but, you can uh, go on forever, so yeah. But that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed our lists. A little bit longer than I expected it to go, but hopefully you all stuck around and enjoyed yourselves. Feel free to disagree with us. I'm sure many people do, but... That's, these are our opinions, I guess, but um, our next full episode should be out on January 5th. going to try to cover as much of that wrestling as possible from all of the shows that take place oh that weekend. God. There's so many. We'll talk about as much as possible, cause, but it's a hell of a lot, so we'll see what we get to. But at minimum, we plan to discuss Wrestle Kingdom both nights and both nights of, from All Japan and Corkin. If you want to hear me talk more about All Japan, I think these Corkins will be really good, so I'm excited to watch them. Um, and likely some DET talk, maybe some Tokyo Joshi, whatever we're able to watch. I'd like to talk about Noah, but depends on if it makes tape or not. Yeah. Or it makes tape live, I should say. So, uh, just enjoy that whole week of wrestling. Hope you enjoy your holidays, enjoy, enjoyed your Christmas, enjoy your New Year's, all that fun stuff. Come back next week to hear our thoughts about all of the crazy shows happening in the beginning of the new year. Uh, if you want to follow the pod, you can do so at One Wrestling Pod. If you want to follow Caitlin, you can do so at Taking Time Boss. 
And if you want to follow me, you can do so at ASPIR underscore. But thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next year. See you next year, everybody.